Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. In fact, the uh, information from clinics in Australia would indicate that those eggs frozen five to ten years ago only 10 to 15 percent of those eggs are ever retrieved because in the meantime the 28 year old woman who's frozen eggs has found mr wright had her three babies and she doesn't need her eggs or the lady reaches 40 she's now manager of a significant company has a great lifestyle and really doesn't want to have children now she just wants to get on and live her life so the vast majority of eggs are frozen uh, are never used so when I sit down with a patient, we go through basically what I've just said. Do I recommend it? Perhaps in the early 30s when a woman uh, has not found a partner to have a baby with or doesn't want to have a baby on her own, uh, it's a reasonable thing to contemplate. If you're over 38, uh, I would dissuade you from going down that track uh, since the odds of it producing a pregnancy and giving you some sort of glimmer that it might happen is probably a false hope. Uh, as much as I try and avoid giving you the false hope, uh, women quite sensibly will make a decision to give them at least some hope. So that's where we are stand today with egg freezing. Numbers of cycles in Australia are uh, increasing, almost doubling every two or three years. So lots of women are doing it. So that's egg freezing. The second topic tonight I thought I'd talk about in relation to male infertility. Um, and just click last week, I had a patient who is increasingly common <laughs> that I find um, getting this problem. So he's 28, she's 28, and they've been trying to get pregnant last six months. And they went to their GP because they weren't getting any success, and he does a sperm test, and there's no sperm. Initially, he doesn't accept that because no man wants to hear that news, and he gets a retest done, and the same result comes back. And then they come on to see the fertility specialist. I take a full history from him. We exclude physical damage that may have caused blockages, like um, venereal diseases, like vasectomy. <laughs> I've certainly had one man come and it only, it's only, only after questioning him some time, he hadn't actually told his wife that vasectomy before. Anyway, after the uh, after they broke up, no, that, not true because we still can get sperm from the testicle even after a vasectomy then operations that the, the child they may have had as a child to for an undescended testis uh, or a hernia operation interrupt the tubing between testicle and and coming out of the womb once we've gone through that and talk about drugs that inhibit sperm production generally we then i then move on to 
alcohol and cigarettes, although they don't usually cause azoopermia, uh, lack of any sperm. And then the question that I get to at that point is looking at this 28-year-old, very buff young man with big muscles, and I say to him, do you go to the gym often? And they'll say, yeah, go three or four times a week. And I say to them, so at the gym, did, did they suggest taking some supplements to help you be big and uh, by, and muscly and a big man? And they, they will about, I would say, of the buff men that I see, probably 50% of them look at the floor and look away from their partner and confess, yes, they have given me some supplements, but they said it wouldn't interfere with my fertility. I said, yeah, no, I've heard that story a number of times. They're selling supplements that do improve. There's no question. Your muscles are stronger and bigger because of the, these steroid supplements. What you're actually doing is the equivalent of what a woman does when she takes the oral contraceptive pill. It switches off the pituitary gland, the gland in your brain that tells your testicles to make sperm. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 